And uh, as we uh, begin today, uh, I want to highlight what we're doing in the series. And remember, it's forgotten virtues, right? These are virtues that as we look at our culture and at our world, they seem to be uh, forgotten. That is, they're more and more absent uh, from our culture. And so uh, we're looking at these not just in terms of our own lives, right, individually, uh, but also looking at these in terms of culture and how can we as Christ followers uh, change that, right? How can we uh, impact the world? And so uh, last week uh, we talked about honor, uh, and this week we turn our attention to uh, purity, okay? We're going to talk about purity. Now stay with me. Uh, don't turn off the switch because you may be thinking in your mind right now, oh, good, we're going to get the sex talk thing, right? <laughs> yeah, well, okay, a little of that. You get a little of that because that's, that's part of it, right? But that's not what it's all about, okay? So stay with me. That's not what it's, uh, what it's all about this morning because the call on our lives to purity is so much bigger. It's so much bigger than just that one facet of what it means for us to live as a, as a Christ follower. So let's get into it. Uh, the big place we're going to look today is Ephesians 4. Uh, so if you've got your app or your word with you, uh, we're going to spend a lot of time in Ephesians 4, just a great, great chapter. And uh, the, the, the big teaching that we start with is to understand this broadness of uh, this call on our life. And it's a, it's a broad call, if you're a Christ follower, uh, on your life to just live a life uh, of holiness and therefore of purity, right? Live a life of holiness and therefore of purity. If you listen to Paul there in Ephesians 4, he says, uh, you were taught, talking to Christ followers, you were taught to put away your former way of life, your old self, corrupt and deluded by its lust, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to clothe yourself with a new self, right? So this is how you used to be like the rest of the world, That's how you used to be, like the rest of the world, but not anymore. You're different. There is a new you. And then he describes, created according to the likeness of God in true righteousness and what's the last word? Holiness, right? This new person that we are in Christ. If we're a Christ follower, we're different now. And this new person in us is in the likeness of God. So we ought to live and reflect that image and that likeness of God, the way he created back in Genesis, that image and likeness of God. And that means we will reflect a holiness. How do we reflect a holiness? Second Corinthians, Paul says, Dear friends, we have these promises from God, so let us make ourselves pure. See the word? Let us make ourselves pure from everything that makes our bodies and spirits impure. Let us be completely holy, we want to honor God. You see the connection? Holiness issues in seeking purity. Holiness, that reflection of the holiness of God, issues in our life and our actions as we seek to live in purity. Here's the way it looks in theological terms. We have, when we receive Christ, this understanding of positional righteousness. What is that? What it means is, basically, God looks at us, right? So like we're here, and God looks at us through the lens, the filter 
of Christ. And even though we may not measure up, and even though we don't deserve it, when God looks at us through the filter in the lens of Christ, who's holy, he sees us as holy. We get clothed in Christ's holiness, right? So God looks at us, and and he sees us as holy. He gives to us, even though we don't deserve it, even though we can't earn it, he just, in his love for us, grace for us, He gives to us that holiness, and he declares us through Christ, right? Through what Christ accomplished for us, he declares us absolutely holy. You get that? That's what happens on the cross, right? That even though we don't deserve it, he looks at us and he declares us forgiven. That's the series we did last time. Forgiven and therefore holy in and through Christ. That's our positional righteousness. How that issues then is in practical righteousness. And in practical righteousness, it means that if you've received Christ and you're a Christ follower, you've received that forgiveness, you've received that holiness, now you live a life through and out of that holiness. You live like you're holy. He's declared you holy, so live that way, right? He's declared this is who you are. You are holy in Christ. And if that's who you are, if that's what he declares you to be, then your life is a life where you seek to reflect that holiness, and you do it by seeking purity. You seek purity because that's who God is, right? God is holy and God is pure. And we are to reflect the likeness of God. So now we live a life, as a Christ follower, we live a life that seeks purity. Did you get that? That's a little theology 101 for you there. You pass, okay? You got that? That's the way it is, right? Imputed righteousness. So our life then, the call for us, is to live a life that seeks purity. So how do we live pure? How does this happen for us? Well, the first step is to remember just what we learned. Just remember just what you learned in that brief moment. Just remind yourself all the time of who you are. You're not just anybody. You are a claimed, holy child of God. In Christ, you are a claimed, holy child of God. Remember who you are. My mother used to do that whenever I'd leave in uh, high school, you know, and, and it's the weekend and you go out with the friends. And, uh, you know, before I hit the door, inevitably, almost every single time, my mother would point her finger at me. That was an important part of the experience, right? Point her finger at me and say, now remember, remember who you are, right? She was always worried about our family reputation. So remember who you are, right? Well, you know what? There's some real truth in that, Right? Only we need to switch, and every time we go out to meet the world, we need to remind, speak to ourselves, and say, hey, remember whose you are. Remember whose you are. Remember who you belong to. That's what Paul says in Ephesians 4. He says, and do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own guaranteeing that you'll be saved 
on the day of redemption. It starts, the seeking a life of purity just starts by remembering whose we are. Remembering we belong to Christ. We, we are not. We are not like the rest of the world. We are not like unbelievers. We are claimed in Christ, and we are declared holy. We belong to him. And so we just start our search for purity, the application of purity into our actions by just remembering, listen, this is who I am in Christ. I belong to him. I'm declared holy. Got it? The challenge for us is that if we're going to live out of that holiness, that means it will issue into actions. And here's the challenging part. In Ephesians 4, Paul is kind of a get-in-your-face kind of guy, okay? He is just like, this is what this is going to be this morning, so get ready, buckle in. It's just kind of a get-in-your-face thing, because that's what Paul's doing. He's saying, well, okay, listen, remember who you are, remember you declared holy in Christ, so live that way. And then he goes through a whole series of actions and basically questions, in-your-face questions, and says, well, okay, are you doing it? Are you doing it? What does that look like? Are you doing that living holy, living seeking purity thing? Are you doing it? So guess what we're going to do? Yeah, we're going to do a little in your face, go through the list that Paul gives us, because that's the big thing for us, is to ask not just the theological question, isn't that great? I belong to God, I'm declared holy, but are we doing it? Are we doing it? Or have we forgotten this virtue. And so you look right away in Ephesians 4, uh, in the 25th verse, Paul starts the list and he says, so stop telling lies. Pretty straightforward stuff, right? So what does your word stand for? If if we would go into your workplace and we'd get all your coworkers around, would, would they all, every single one of them say, yeah, man, truthful, absolutely truthful person. Purity seeks truthfulness. Purity seeks truthfulness. So what about your words, your truthfulness? Or don't, and don't sin by letting anger control you. How are you doing with your anger? I mean, we're all going to get angry, right? Jesus got angry. You remember that throwing over the tables in the temple thing, right? Expressing a little anger there. It was righteous anger. The question about anger is not that you get it, it's what you do with it. Notice he says, Paul says, don't let it control you. So what happens when you get angry? What happens when you get angry? Does your, does your anger take over? Does it, does it control your thinking and your thoughts and your actions? What happens when you get angry? Do, do you keep resentment and grudges and... Do you practice that thing? We all love this one. Do you practice that thing where, where you just say, well, hey, I'm going to show them. I'm going to give them the silent treatment. You know the silent treatment? Nobody's ever experienced the silent treatment? Come on, people. You know that thing, right? The sil- Here's what's really funny about the silent treatment. You know, when you get all up in your anger and you're like, I'm, I'm just going to ignore them. I'm going to give them the silent treatment. You know what they're saying? Oh, thank you. That's so good. <laughs> Right? I mean, yeah. Like, But see, what's controlling you? When you get angry, what's controlling? Are you seeking purity and living like a holy person? Or, if you're a thief, quit stealing. 
We say, well, wait a minute, that's not, not me. You know, come on, business guy, are, are you dealing purely with your clients? I mean, when you do a deal, are you, are you doing a holy deal? Are you dealing purely with them? You see, the stealing thing isn't just taking things. It's about how you act in purity. Can, can anybody just look at what you do and the way you deal with people around finances and everything that's going on? Can, can you say you do that with purity? It's a challenge, isn't it? Can you say that every deal you cut, anybody can look at it and it's a good deal? It's a pure deal. It's a holy deal. Or don't use foul or abusive language. This is a big one for us, right? I was uh, on vacation last summer and I was at a uh, hunting uh, experience, trap shooting kind of deal. I do that, little trap shooting deal. And these are guys I didn't know. And of course, they don't know who I am. And that means they don't know what I do because I just showed up and I'm on vacation. And I'm sitting there and I thought I was in worship because they were calling on the Lord's name every third word. Right? I'm like, oh, we're praying? Oh, okay. Right? Whew. Right? But, and you know what? I sat there and I said, wow, is that normal? Is that really normal? The way people talk? Is it? Is that purity? Do you have purity in your language? When you, when you use the Lord's name, is it because you're using it to call on him? in purity and righteousness. And, of course, Paul gives us this catch-all at the end, right? He says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior, right? It's just this general call in our life to look at our lives and be honest. Just look at our lives and be honest and say, listen, are we living out of holiness? Are we living the way the world does? Are we living out of holiness and letting that issue into a life that seeks purity in all things. And yeah, that includes our sexuality too, right? That includes our sexuality. And Timothy reminds us of that, to practice modesty. But it, it goes beyond that. I mean, get, get honest with yourself. Are you practicing purity, seeking purity in that part of your life? Or guys, are, are you on that computer and going to websites you know are pretty impure? See, the call on our lives is not to be like the world, but to be who we are, who God declares us to be through Christ. And that means we will live and reflect holiness and seek purity in our lives. Now, some of you right now are going, whoa, gee, glad I came to church today, <laughs> right? Pretty weighed down, pretty kind of in your face and like, wow, that's it? No, here's the good news. You ready? Here's the good news. God will never ask you to do or be what he is not prepared to allow you and equip you to do or be. Did you get that? He's never, he'll never ask you to do something and not equip you to do it. He'll never ask you to be someone and not give you the strength and the power to be that person. That means right now, today, if you've gone through that list and you're not feeling real pure, it changes today. 
Because I can tell you, when you come to the table this morning and you receive the fullness of Christ in bread and wine, he is going to whisper in your ear, he is going to shout into your life, and he's going to say, you are not that person anymore. That person is gone. It's over. You are not that. You are a new person. And you now look like Christ. You are holy and you belong to him and nothing is going to change that and from this time on you are that new person seeking purity amen Amen. that's the difference that's the good news that's what's so great about christ in our lives our lives are absolutely different we are not like the world from this day on we seek purity Okay, how do we do that? How, even if we walk out of here, we walk out and we say, yes, oh, that's awesome. It's fantastic. Thank you. Oh, God is so good. I'm going to seek purity. But guess what comes? Monday, the challenge. Tuesday, the challenge. But Scripture, God gives us the formula for how we cannot just seek purity, but how purity can take over our lives. Now, you are not going to be surprised with this answer. You're going to go, oh, here he goes again. Yes, because it's in the scripture. It's God's formula. It's what you got to get convicted of. It's what you got to get convinced of. How do you live this purity? How do you seek this purity and sustain a life of purity? Here you go. It starts by being in his word. Just got to be in his word. Just got to let that word soak into you. All the time, repeatedly. It comes out of Psalm 119. How can a young person stay what? Pure. What's the answer? By obeying your... You just got to be there. You just got to let that word just infuse your life. Right? When you're at work and you're, you're feeling surrounded and you're feeling like, like uh, you know, your purity is in jeopardy, man... Take the word with you to work. It's okay. Take the word with you. And when you're at lunch, read the word. Get, get a shot of the word during the middle of the day. Right? You just need to let that word blanket infuse your life. Second, you need to be in worship. Thanks for being here today. I'll see you next week. Because you need to be here. Worship is God's formula. It's part of that experience where we let him be absolutely present in our life. If we're going to reflect his holiness, we need to receive that holiness again, 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 again. And we do that in worship. Psalm 119, I praise you, O Lord. Teach me your decrees. I've recited aloud all the regulations you've given us. I've rejoiced in your laws as much as in riches. What's the call? The call is you got to be in worship. you got to just be with God's people and let the power of worship overwhelm your life. Third one, you need to be in a group. you got to be in a group. you got to be in a group. Maintaining purity alone is really difficult. It's really hard, right? But when you put yourself with other Christians, when you surround yourself with other Christ followers that are on the same journey. You're going to find strength. You're going to find support. You're going to find forgiveness, right? 
when you, when you get those other Christians in your life, Christ followers in your life, and you're on that journey together, you're going to be able to find accountability for one another, encouragement for one another, strength for one another. They're going to be there. They're going to pray over you. They're going to bless you. They're going to encourage you. All that's what you need to live and seek that pure life. It's about putting yourself in that position where God can speak holiness into your life. He declares us holy, and so we live out of that holiness. And those three things, that simple formula, keeps speaking that holiness into our lives. Now, this is all important. Why is it important? Because the world we live in has forgotten this virtue. We are not living in a real pure culture, are we? I mean, it is extraordinary over the years how impure we've been. But this should not surprise us. There is a simple truth that we need to understand as we go back into the world. You ready? Simple truth. Those that are distant from God cannot live out of a holiness they do not have. It should not surprise us the way the world is because you get holiness when God declares you holy through Christ and they don't have it. You can't expect it. It's up to us. That's who we are. See, when we go out there on Monday and the rest of the week, we are out there in foreign territory because they don't have it. They can't express a holiness that they don't have. Paul is absolutely adamant about this in Ephesians 4. He says, this I affirm and I assist on in the Lord. You no longer live as the Gentiles live. We're Christ followers. They're different, right? In the futility of their minds. They're darkened in their understandings, alienated from the life of God because their ignorance and hardness of heart. They have lost all sensitivity, have abandoned themselves to licentiousness, greedy to practice every kind of, what's the word? Impurity. That's the way it is. You see, they don't have it. And so the challenge for us, the opportunity for us, is not only today to know that today God can declare you and does through Christ holy, and you can live a different kind of life. You can seek purity in your lives. He's going to equip you through the Word. He's going to equip you through a group of Christians that he bring around you. He's going to equip you when you're in worship. He's going to empower you to live that kind of elevated life out there in the world. And here's what goes with it. He is going to give you the opportunity to share your holiness with somebody that doesn't have it. That's the way it works. That's our witness. When we live pure lives, when we live holy lives, that's our witness. And as we do that, God is going to open doors of opportunity for you in your family, in your work, wherever you are. He's going to open the doors of opportunity so that you can share your holiness with somebody that doesn't have it. That's the way it works. The more we grow in this purity, the more we seek it, the more we grow into it, other people are going to want it. It's magnetic. And it just needs to spill out of us into the lives of other people. Here's where we end. Ephesians 1 says, Before the world was created, God had Christ, God had Christ choose us to live with him and to be his holy and innocent and loving people. Before you leave today, remember whose you are.
Remember whose you are. And seek that purity that God wants to build in your life. Let's pray. Father, thanks. Thanks. It is an awesome word. It is so great, so big, so incredible to comprehend that as broken as we are, as impure as we are, you look at us today in this very moment and you claim us and you declare us to be holy, forgiven, renewed people. And Lord, we know there's folks in the room today that are struggling with this. They're struggling with some impurity in their lives. And we want, we want to ask boldly today, just let your Holy Spirit invade. Convict them. And Father, forgive them. And declare them today. Declare them today to be clean, pure, holy. And from this time on, infuse them with the strength to be able to live pure lives. Lord, we know you are the answer. We know you can do this, and it's only you, because the world doesn't have it. And so we ask, use us. Use us as the kingdom people that you declare us to be, that we can enter back into the world tomorrow, and we can live the kind of life that elevates us above everybody else so that they can see, and they can question, and we can tell them. We can tell them it's because of you. So, Father, we've just put this before you now, and we ask for this through the one who is truly holy, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.